You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, Episode 92. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back. If anything's going to tell you about the state of my mind today, it's this. I have had to record the intro to the interview that you're going to hear today four times because I kept saying the mindless weight loss podcast. And I don't know. I don't know why my brain keeps going there, but but anyways, there you have it. And I think I finally got it right this time. Anyway, today I am very pleased to bring you an interview with Sandy Joy Weston, who is a keynote speaker, podcaster, three times published author, and entrepreneur who has owned and operated health and wellness companies for over 30 years. Sandy is the founder of SJW Productions, whose main mission is to highlight all the positive in the world. In addition to her speaking and podcasts, she does this through her books, Train Your Head and Your Body Will Follow, My 30-Day Reset Journal, Recess to Reset, and her coaching and workshops. Sandy's mission is to spread pure joy and inspire others to see their true power. In her keynote, Life Doesn't Happen to You, You Happen to Life, she she shows how just taking one to three minutes a day to focus on how you want to show up in the world can have a huge impact on your life. And that's exactly what Sandy and I explore in the interview you're about to hear today. And one of the things that struck me about my conversation with her, and in fact, if you've listened to the last few episodes of this podcast, a common theme that keeps coming up is how easy it is to start taking steps to change your life. And I think that if we believe on some level that something is either too hard or too expensive or takes too much time, only then does it have value. And so we tend to resist some of the simpler things that we can do that are easy, that don't cost money, and that don't take a lot of time. And in the interview, Sandy will actually tell you about, you know, some experiments that she did with clients who attended one of the gyms that she owned to try to get them to make changes and why it didn't work for her initially. It's a fascinating um, issue to explore. But Regardless, she's going to teach you exactly what you can do in your own unique way to actively choose how you want to show up in the world and start making the changes that you want to, to have the life and the body that you deserve. So without any further delay, here is the interview with Sandy. Sandy, welcome to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. I am excited to have you here. I love that you invited me here. (laughs) <laughs> this is like the most awesome podcast. I, I listened to a few and I love what you're putting out. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. And one of the reasons why my podcast has become so popular over the you know recent, you know, I'd say four months, our growth has kind of skyrocketed and it's in large part due to amazing guests that I have on this podcast. So you, Sandy, are in excellent company here. Yay! <laughs> and on that note, Sandy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I live in the suburbs of Philly, which we were talking about. 
And my entire life, I have owned and operated health and wellness centers in the Philadelphia area. I've always wanted to use fitness as my vehicle to spread joy. And I was more concerned about your mental fitness than your physical fitness. I was like, yeah, if your triceps get in shape, that's a good thing. But really, let's just get mentally healthy and like who we are. So I was fortunate enough to do that for many, many years with my health clubs. And then I sold them recently in 2019. Perfect timing. Did not know, but perfect timing. <laughs> perfect timing. Right? Thank sure. you. Thank you, universe. But I made my side gig my main gig, which is I've always toured around doing speaking engagements and teaching workshops and masterclasses about train your head and your body will follow. So I've written a bunch of books and journals on that topic. And I just freaking love studying anything to do with how the body works with the mind and telling people you can't disconnect them. You know, and people say, oh, this is the brain and this is the body. Like, yeah, it's all one. It kind of works together. So any way that I can inspire people to realize that whether it's with food, you know, or weight or your life, you know, it all is connected. And the more that you get down and dirty with what's going on in your mind, you'll probably clear up a lot of other things. Oh, you know what? It's so true, right? And I love that statement, train your brain and the body will follow or train your mind and the body will follow. Whatever, train your head, whatever. Right. So so true. (laughs) Yeah. And years ago, so I started that journey like mid 2000. And when I came up with that title, my publisher said, no way. They're going to think you're cuckoo for Poco Puffs. And I'm like, no one was getting train your head and body fall. Like I kept trying to say, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. It's really the mindset. But finally, after a year of negotiating, they let me go with the title. And then once it got published, okay, let's say it took six years for me from the time I started the book, did the research, find an agent, get a publish. It was like six years. And then once it came out, you're like, woohoo. Nobody wanted to book me in the area I was in. They're like, yeah, it's too far out there. But I got booked everywhere in California, Oregon, (laughs) and Washington State. So my first big book tours were out west. Now, let's fast forward. It's pretty mainstream. Now I'm not so cuckoo for Cocoa Pops. Isn't that funny? You know, when you start out, And you just got to keep going with how you believe, because now you don't even have to debate that anymore. Like anywhere would book me. You know, it's not even an issue. Isn't that wild? Absolutely. And so what I'm hearing, Sandy, is you are a pioneer in spreading the message regarding the mind-body connection. No, if I was a pioneer, but I know for me, (laughs) it was. A little bit of what I call sticky wicked to get people to believe me. And now that's not the issue. You know, now they all get it. It's just what approach are they going to use? Like there's so, I think people get, we're we're just, let me back up. We were just talking the other day to one of my podcast guests and a little bit of my pet peeve is that some people will come on 
and say, this is the way, this is the system. And this is how you do it. And that's so not true. There's so many ways to be healthy, to feel good, to have vitality, to be a healthy weight, to be physically and mentally fit. There isn't just one way. So I have to do a little bit more screening on making sure when the guests come on, not that they don't talk about what they do and how they do it, but they're not just like, this is the only way you have to do this and then do this or eat that because that doesn't resonate with me. And I think, how could you think that there's so many people in the world and everyone's brain is different and everyone's experience is different. Find something that resonates with you. Well, and that- the, the, this is a hundred percent on point here, um, Sandy, because I think this idea that there's only one way and all of the people out there who are trying to market or sell, you know, their one way to accomplish, you know, X, Y, Z, I think keeps us separate body versus mind, right? Because, and and then I, I think we have become so separated from ourselves that we actually go looking for that one way where we go and look for somebody to tell us this is exactly what you have to do. And then you will live the life of your dreams and the body that you want with perfect vitality 100% of the time. And those strategies never, well, I shouldn't say never, but almost never work for people in the long term, right? And I think, um, you know, the key, and we're talking about this all the time on this podcast is really tuning in to what your body and your brain are telling you you need. Yeah. And in order for that to do that, we have to buy into this idea that the body and the mind are connected and that it yeah. often starts in the mind and then the body follows. Right. I don't want to dive too much into the different parts of the brain, but I just had an interesting uh, guest on yesterday and we were talking about how your brain was built. And that your brain, forget how you believe spiritually, but that your brain was built for you to be happy and to be successful. And he was coming from a scientific approach. And that when you tap in to your creative part of your brain, that's when your answers come. That's when your solutions come. Yes, you're going to be fearful at times because, hey, we are here in a human body and you're going to be anxious and overwhelmed. But when you're there, recognize when you're there and know that's not when the magic's going to happen. So what I teach is for everyone, it's different. There's so many different ways. I want you to realize how powerful you truly are. And that the more you go within you to find the answers and the more you spend time listening to your creative part of your brain, which people call instinct, intuition, the way that things unfold for you are going to be beyond what you could think about and come up with, you know, trying to come up and problem solve. And it's going to be way easier than you thought. Now, how you get there comes in all different ways. There's not just one way to get there. But what I feel 
is happening, and I'm sure we we see it all the time, is people giving away their power, giving away the way we're literally built, where our essence is peace, joy, and love. And the answers are within. And when you give your power away, like to a human of whatever sort, and believe that's the way, you disconnect from you. So the people that I like to surround myself with are people that truly want you to find your way and to realize this has nothing to do about them. They're just a guide that came at this time when you need it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I can relate to this personally because um, I'm a physician as well. I'm an emergency doctor. I work in the ER. I spend a good portion of my time all up in my head thinking. And I like protocols and I I like uh, formulas, yeah. right? Like this, the, this, this is very much how um how I've 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 always thought. And as I started embarking on my own health journey a couple of years ago, what I learned first and foremost, and what I learned very quickly is that I actually had to tune out my medical brain and listen to my body, which was not an easy thing for me. And so I, you know, I want to tell listeners that if I can do this, anybody can. And, you know, here's, here's how I access that part of my brain, that um, compassionate, creative Peace. Um, I, she has a name. She's called Pippi. I don't know why she's called Pippi. It, it just kind like of happened, Pippi. right? Pippi's happy. Right. Well, P- Pippi's happy and a little bit carefree and a little bit whimsical, right? And and honest. And you know, I, I, I quite like her. And um, when I try to access my, you know, that inner voice, that intuition, I kind of feel it in my gut, in my solar plexus, right? Like that's Absolutely. where it lives. And so I always say, you know, every day I just go downstairs for a second opinion. That's how I say it to myself. I go downstairs and I ask Love Pippi that. for a second opinion and Pippi never steers me wrong. So I go downstairs for a second opinion all the time to find out, you know, is is something good for me? Is something not good for me? Should I do it now? Should I wait? all of these things. And, um, you know, I, I, I find it fascinating that, you know, you, you, you like fitness, right. And encouraging wow. people, you know, to move and get some joy from movement and um, listeners know that this has been my struggle for so long. I could do, you know, an eight part series on my relationship with exercise on this <laughs> podcast and, you know, um, finding Pippi was ultimately what solved all of this for me right because you know I love it I never love it. Me wrong right yeah. yeah I call my higher power my energy force the universe God, whatever you want to name it for me is called Neil and that's a whole nother story but it's Neil <laughs> I wasn't expecting that I wasn't expecting Neil <laughs> and now my friends say yeah I talked to Neil today you know it's funny right sure <laughs> Here's a thing that your listeners can do. And I tell people to do this. And it's such an easy thing because people often ask me, do I truly believe in my tag, like tagline that's on all my books and journals, everything I do, it says, all it takes is one to three minutes a day to change your life, your body in a positive, powerful way. All it takes is one to three minutes a day. And let me tell you why I believe that. 
for, for many reasons, but you just need to take even a minute to check in with yourself to see where you are. You don't need, and then go. So for example, if you're sitting here right now and you're going to go and may have a difficult conversation or do a presentation or go to a family gathering, whatever, and you sat there just with your feet on your floor, hands down and did a body scan, like feel where your shoulders are, your neck. Is your chest tightening up? Is your back tight? Like you can just move and stretch your arms, any, even if you're not looking at me, and you can feel, oh, wow, there is tension in my neck. There, What's going on in my body? Your body will tell you what's going on. When you get tense, for some people, it's mo- it could be in their neck, right? Their neck will tighten up. And you'll say, they'll go, I'm not tech and, and, uh, tense. You'll go, okay, where are your shoulders? And they go, oh, or they're like this. They're grounded. They're when they go to breathe, they can't get a full breath because when you you restrict, you constrict, and you can't get a full breath because you're tense or anxious without even knowing it. You can feel it in your legs, your stomach, your lower back. So if you just sat there and breathed in four counts peace and four counts out peace, so you just thought of peace. Put your hands flat on your uh, legs, feet flat, set up tall, and just breathe in, thought of peace, bringing peace in your body and peace out. And then went to love, breathing in love, anywhere you want. It doesn't have to be, people say, this is my nose, my mouth, just breathe. Breathe in and relax. And then joy. All of a sudden, your body has to calm down because that's what you're made of. Your body, not that it doesn't go into the fearful anger states and it's all good. Let's acknowledge it. But where it wants to be more, I tell people, not all the time, you just want to be there more, is coming from that peace, love, and joy. So not just taking a minute to connect to yourself. That's one way. There's a million ways. All of a sudden, you go, oh. That's right. I did feel my shoulders. My back is tight. You know, I'm not coming from that deep, full breath. I'm not relaxed. It all of a sudden it will center you. Then go forth and write the email that you were like tense about or make the phone call. I just got off the phone recently with one of my clients' fathers who's worried about their daughter, and rightly so. And some things that aggravate people about me is I don't get upset with them. So they're freaking out. They're nervous. And I go, I hear you now. I I understand why you're anxious. Now, let me say what I think we should do moving forward. And sometimes that settles people, but sometimes they think that you don't really care and that you're not worried So you're not really love-based or caring about this person because you're not getting as upset, angry, overwhelmed. And I say, pish, 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 pish. That's so not true. That's not love. I'm not saying you're not going to get overwhelmed, worried, anxious, and concerned. But that's not a sign of love. And for me, I'm going to hear you from a distance and then settle myself from peace, love, and joy to come up with a solution or answer. And that's so simple, but that's what I believe. Those little moments like that you can take 
they don't take long and they seem so easy, but they can make a huge impact. Like if you just did that, if you got up and danced around your house every hour, did a dance reset for a minute, the blood flow in the brain's going to think differently. Every morning before I get out of bed, I tell people, okay, you don't want to do any of that. Let's start easy. Before you get out of bed, let's say you don't have a meditation routine, you don't journal. Cool, cool, cool. Just think of a word, one word. Where are you coming from today? Maybe it's a difficult day. How do you want to show up? So it might be ease and flow. Calm. Peace. Now, if you're frisky and you're riding high, you might say powerful, confident. And I say, just take a breath in and say, I want to show up and embody peace. Takes 30 seconds. Then all throughout your day, write the word peace somewhere and look at the word. And before you're taking act, like every hour, check in. Am I coming from peace? Hell no. Okay. So what could I do for me to get back there? Do I need to step outside and hug a tree? Do I need to walk around the house? Do I need to call a friend? Those things are so simple. They are so simple. Yeah. And I think, I think people tend to discredit these things because they are so simple. And I'm telling you, I do not think that I have had a single guest on this podcast that has not talked about the importance of just taking a breath. Right. Because and, you know, what I love about that strategy is we have it all the time. Right. I mean, you could be locked in a basement and not be able to go hug a tree or, you know, whatever else. And you're always going to have your breath with you. It's it's, it's always there. And like, think I hope we're not how- locked in a basement too often, though. Well, uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Extreme example. But you know what? Hugging a tree is actually something that helps me. And I can't always do it. Right. Um, I can can always take a breath. And like, just think about how often we instinctually do that. Right. I mean, let's say that you have to go give a speech. I mean, how many people just go right before they go step on stage, it just sort of happens. And so our bodies already know that this is helpful for us, that breathing can change the state of our body. And what you're suggesting is that we just actually be a little bit intentional about it. And, you know, recognize when we're acting from a place that isn't peace, love or joy, and use the breath or the tree hugging or whatever else to to bring ourselves back there. So I'm glad that you brought up how people think it's so easy, it doesn't work. Can I tell you a funny story? It's not funny, but it's a story that will even just seal this deal. When I was in the process of wanting to write a guidebook, right? What happened is I wanted to see if you could teach people how to be from a more joyful place. Right. So I went and took a year and studied people, about 100 people who I thought exuded pure joy most of the time. I want to see if there was a secret sauce. Right. So I studied them. I bribed them. They membership to my gym trainings, whatever. And after a year, I couldn't see anything I'm like, oh, crap, you're either doing it or not. But then I I didn't see it. One of my colleagues did. There was a pattern every single one of them, every single one of them did something in the morning to start their day, to get in the 
positive, powerful headspace. Some of them was more exercise based, meditation, spiritual, but it was all different. And it didn't matter if it was a few minutes or a few hours. It was everything from working out, petting the dog, meditating, baking muffins, playing the piano. These people made a decision that life was not going to bounce them around and that they were going to show up in the world with this powerful mindset and whatever was going to get them. It could be writing list. They were all different people. So then I say, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to gather what I called the powers to be. And I gathered these people in my office downtown because it was huge. Neuroscientists, exercise physiologists, positive psychologists, gurus, spiritual leaders, nutritionists, you name it. I was lucky. They remember such a, and again, I bribed them. And I said, I want to create this guidebook to get people to get in this positive, powerful mindset if they don't already have a routine. Like if you have a routine, great. But there are most people just get up and hope for the best. So we created something. And I was going to take away all the barriers, right? Not that I hear of why people don't work out. Time consuming, don't have the money, painful, hate it. Let's make it fun and take only five minutes a day. So we went out and I studied people for one year. I said, you have to just do this guidebook that we created for five minutes a day for 30 days. It's going to be life-changing. And then I told them, pick one area of your life. We're going to focus on one area. So it's either body health, love relationships, or money career. Well, I was excited. It was created by the powers to be. There was going to be a thesis behind it. Well, it fell flat on its face. Oh, no, it was right. One person did it. One person. I'm like, what the heck? So I go back to one of the powers to be. I'm like, oh my God, a year of research and da, da, da. And he said, you know what it is? We came up with it. Nobody was going to spend five minutes a day, even though I told them it was going to improve their life because the barriers that I got rid of, now they believed it can't work because it wasn't time consuming. It did cost a lot of money and it wasn't painful. So they're thinking this thing cannot work. It's it's not all those things. So I'm not going to take five minutes. So then my guy says to me, my professor, let's try one to three minutes. Maybe they'll be willing to give one to three minutes a shot, even if they don't have that belief system yet. And we went back for another year and bingo, 80% of the people did it. Because even though they were skeptical, They were willing to give it a shot half-heartedly for one to three minutes. That wasn't a lot. And I I know it sounds like mind-blowing. Like, How could they not believe me? But they didn't already have that belief system. And so since it wasn't time-consuming, painful, expensive, I had to make it like a no-brainer. So that's why I say it's an ant. I'm not saying you shouldn't exercise more than one to three minutes a day. But once you created that habit and what is right for you, then the magic's happening. Then you will find a workout that you don't hate, that you want to do. Then you're going to find the food plan that works for you because you're spending time first, maybe 60 days, creating that mindset first. And then the answers come because now you're in that creative mindset. I've never had it. 
in all my years not work for anyone. Who started that first? I'll, I'll tell you how my husband got into his running habit, I'll say, is he started first by simply putting his running shoes on. He didn't even leave the door. He took 30 seconds. It wasn't even one to three minutes, 30 seconds to just put his running shoes on. And it didn't take long before he would put his running shoes on and then go out the door. And then, you know, I believe it. Sometimes I tell people, he was, walk he was in the gym. If you don't want to go in, if you belong to a gym or your video, whatever, just go get your workout clothes on and say, yeah, maybe I'll do a minute. Maybe. You're running shoes by the door. I know it's your husband, a genius, because I tell people, just put your running shoes by the door. There you go. Start that. Here's your bag. And then if you come in the gym and you do a minute or you just see new people, at least you walked out of your office. But it usually ends up being more. And then you created a habit. And you know what it is for me? Making my bed. So in my in my programs, we always talk about the importance of building integrity with yourself and following through on the things that you say that you want to do. And we do this by by finding little small things to do every day that you can feel good about. And my husband may be excellent about getting out the door and going for a run, but he is shit when it comes to keeping things tidy around the house. And for years, I would just dig my heels in and not make the bed because I was frustrated that, right? And so, you know, some time ago, I decided that I was just going to commit to making the bed first thing in the morning. And somehow, the positive the positive space that simply making the bed puts me in totally changes the course of my day and i now have an, an actual morning routine which for me is actually close to an hour um because i choose to get done a lot of the things that are important to me first thing um in the morning and that includes um that doesn't include my exercise which happens after that morning but for whatever reason having just making my bed feeling super good about that leads me into the rest of my morning routine all the things that are important to me get done right away and then somehow exercise doesn't feel like a time suck anymore it doesn't feel like a chore um it just feels something i get to do now cuz i've checked off all of these other boxes. And it's been totally transformational for me. Like Pippi does cartwheels whenever I talk about this, because she's just so proud <laughs> that we, we went and created. And it just started with, you know, the maybe three, four minutes it takes for me um, to make the bed. And I make it nicely and I enjoy it. And I like smooth out the sheets and I fluff the pillows and I, you know, open the curtains and let the sunshine in. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, like I said, there are so many different ways to get in that space that serves you well, you know, and you make it, I so get it. You feel good that you made your bed and you committed to that. You know, I've heard other people say every morning, I not only make my coffee, but I make a healthy smoothie. And once I put that Vitamix on and do that. I feel like I've done something for me and it makes me feel good. Then I have people who say they're committed, like I said, to journaling. And once they do that and see what they've committed to, now they refocus on it every day and go, wait a minute, I said I wanted this. 
So there's so many different things that you could do. And it's not just one set way. Like you said, your routines and out. There are people that build up to two hours, three hours. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but if you don't already have that, the little thing like making your bed or just focusing on a word of how you want to show up and feel, you just try that for 30. It's mind blowing. I know. Right. And the thing that happens is if you decide you know, say for instance, you want to commit to going to the gym for an hour every day and you're a couch potato right now. Well, I mean, you know that this is a broken strategy, right? Because you can't just, most people can't go from no exercise at all to finding the time and the motivation and everything to go for an hour every day and actually have that be sustainable over the long term, right? That this is where the whole mind part of it is so important and that is why rob is a lifelong you know runners because he literally just started with putting his running shoes on right it was it, it, it was no more than that and it's it's starting with these small steps and it really truly only takes one to three minutes to to start anything that you want to do with your life yeah and i can tell you as a gym owner from over 30 some years when people come in and think I'm going to do this and then they don't live up to it, they quit. They quit. They quit. Yeah. Like yeah. Versus yeah. come in, do a little bit, get acclimated. I tell people make friends, like, you know, come in with people that you enjoy seeing. And then I'll tell you what's really good. Then they look forward to seeing Billy and Sally and Bob. And it's a fun thing to do at the same time. And if they don't stay for the whole thing, they don't stay for the whole thing. Come for a few minutes, walk on the treadmill, leave, you know, be good about it. Now you feel great about what you did. I went, hey, it was doing nothing. Now I'm doing one or two days for 10 minutes. Now your brain sees success and you celebrate it. And then you move on to the next thing. And then you move on to the next thing. It's celebrating the little successes. And scientifically, you need to see success. So that's why I'm like, hey, What's your bare-ass minimum? What's your bam? Well, today, this is my bare-ass minimum. Yay, I made my bare-ass minimum. If you do anything more, woohoo! Just do your bare-ass minimum. Absolutely. We talk about BAMs all the time um, here as well. And like, they're so super powerful. And, you know, I'm always asking, yeah, right. I'm always asking people like when, when you're talking about your bare ass minimums, what are you absolutely ready, willing, and able to do on your worst day ever? And that's the only thing that you have to commit to. Right. And that might just be as simple as having a glass of water. Yeah. <laughs> I need like it, it, it doesn't have yeah. to be. Yeah. And you know, the, the the other thing that I love that you said was, you know, going to the gym and meeting meeting new people. And yeah. what what I like about that is is like that simple mindset shift of looking away from the shoulds, the have tos, you know, like I really should go to the gym. It's like, I really should, you know, work out more. That feels like crap to think in those terms. Absolutely. But many people love the social aspect of going to the gym. And so can you turn that around? So instead of thinking of, you know, you know, I need to work out, I really should go to the gym. Think like, wouldn't it be great to go to a class and, you know, work out with other people and make it a social situation, like t- turning it around to something else that's also in line with, 
your values or, you know, things that, um, things that really do bring you joy. For me, I actually hate going to the gym. I'm so sorry to to, to, to say that. And like, is so Rob and I built a gym in our basement. I like working out is my solitude time. And I am so much more inclined to go because it's me time, quiet time, because I don't even like to work out with music. Like I literally, it's quiet time for me. Um, And so as soon as I figured that out, things became um, easier for me um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I used to tell people, uh, even though, yes, I own gyms and I'm very social and I taught tons of classes. I also, when I was doing my own workouts, I am a mountain biker and a hiker because I need solitude. And even when people would say to me, can I come with you? Like, no, because I didn't even want to join mountain bike groups. That was my time. That was my time with, okay, I do bring my dog on the hike, but you get it. I just, <laughs> like, yeah, I just with my dog now, now and then my son comes with me and it's bonding time, but that's what I do for me. I, I really love it as well as going um, social, you know, and going to the gym and and lifting the weights, but you got to find out what works for you. I've never seen a person when they spent time first getting in the positive mindset of, like you said, I should, I have to, but writing, I have people write power saves. Wouldn't it be great if I loved working out? Wouldn't it be great if I felt healthy? Wouldn't it be great if I liked the way I looked in my clothes? Wouldn't it be great to chase my grandkids? When you do that, you're coming from the creative mindset. You're going to find what works for you. Like take Latin dancing, you know, you know, whatever. You know, and even though now I do belong to a gym, it's actually not as fun for me because there none of my friends are there where I go. I don't like they're all they're nice. They're nice. A lot of high school kids go when I go. So they're cool. Like I'm a mentor, <laughs> but it's not the same thing. So I go in and I do short workouts there because I'd rather be behind me. I have a trampoline. I, I got a kettlebell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my and, God, I love kettlebells. They are my favorite. Yeah. And I and I do it at home too because mm-hmm. that's what I do. But I do yeah. blast jazz music, not workout. So find what works for you. But when you start that little thing, like you like dancing, dance a minute, get up and dance. You know, uh, I tell people who say, oh, I have so many chores to do. I have three little kids. Okay. Well, I've created workouts around chores. Going up and down the steps, folding the laundry, squatting. Well, there's always a way to move that you can have fun with. And oh God, so, so so true. And I actually do this with my laundry all of the time. So we're fortunate enough to have our washer and dryer right beside the bedroom in the closet. But I literally will just take one or two items out at a time and walk back and forth. And like this has been such an easy way for me to just remember to get up. So. I do like on my home days when I'm working at home and not in the hospital, um, I do a load of laundry every day and literally every probably 30 minutes, I will get up and take another item or two out of the dryer, fold it and put it away. And I mean, it's it's. 
for me to like sit down and do it in one fell swoop is the very definition of misery. Like Pippi is definitely not doing cartwheels when we're folding laundry, but somehow when I use it as a way to just get yeah. up on the chair for, for a minute or two, it's, it's all of a sudden, no big deal. Right. So yeah. And I, you know, I, I came by that quite accidentally um, and, you know, found out, oh, you know, this, this works, the laundry gets done and I get up out of my chair and I feel so much better. So it's just a win, win all around. And then just a totally irrelevant side story. I knew that I was going to marry my husband on our second date when I let him come on a hike with me. So I am also an avid, avid hiker. It's my favorite thing. And um, we're in Edmonton now, but I met him in Toronto when I was doing my residency in emergency medicine. And so it was somewhat rare for me to have a weekend off. But when I did, I would hop in my car, leave the city and go hiking. And no one ever came with me. In fact, I wouldn't tell anybody I was going. So people would just leave me alone and I could have my time. And we had our first date on um, the 4th of July. And I remember because we watched the fireworks on the other, like across Lake Ontario, we could see them. Um, And it was a Friday. And he called me Saturday morning to thank me for the date. And he's like, well, what are you doing today? And I told him I'm going for a hike. And he asked if he could come along. And I said, yes. And that was the first time I had ever allowed someone into my hiking space. So there's there, there's a fun story of how I knew I would marry my husband. <laughs> yeah. awesome. And I totally understand that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's something to do that I don't usually share with most people. All right. Sandy, tell us, tell us about, you've got a couple of books. You've got a podcast. Tell us a little bit more about that and also where people can find you if they want to work with you or learn a little bit more about you. Sure. Okay. So first of all, everything is under Sandy Joy Weston, W-E-S-T-O-N. And so my website, Sandy Joy Weston, my, all my social medias, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever. And I do daily joys every day for a minute somewhere on the internet. And I love doing it. But my main thing is right now, I do speaking engagements and workshops and masterclasses at schools and corporations, all with, we touched on it a little bit, my big idea, which is life doesn't happen to you, you happen to life. Mm, love that. So depending on where I'm teaching or what workshop I'm doing, we emphasize more of the mental fitness. The physical fitness, again, is just the vehicle to really touch on what are the things that you can do every day to help with mental fitness? Because right now I'm being brought in a lot to help reduce some anxiety, stress, and overwhelmment with especially in uh, corporations and colleges because they can't handle the load in the therapy department. Mm. God, how sad is that? Hey, they can't handle the load. And, but the good news about that is they want to, which I'm all about finally, they want to teach techniques that are prevention or tools before it gets full blown out of control. Not that you won't, you know, you're going to have some serious times in your life and there are people that have serious mental health issues, but the more that you 
get them earlier or younger or teach people different things they can do, you know, and the stigma of mental health is, you know, it's getting there. You know, it's like, it's your body, it's your mind. It doesn't matter. That's the good part of it. You know, that you're trying to do it. And I even want to get in with the younger kids. I wrote a journal just recently for six to 12 year olds, because, you know, let's start them young with these different techniques. So that's what I do. I do have, I actually, I have a journal for kids. It's called, I love it. Recess to reset. And it's a fun kids <laughs> love it, but love adults are using it. I've sent it. I, I have this one here. I sent it to my friends and it didn't make it to their kids. So now I got to do another one that says for adults, but they like the style of it. So it's great. It's a fun thing. And I do uh, a podcast called Let's Keep It Real, where I highlight a male or female from around the world that's making a positive, powerful difference. I have a live podcast on Thursdays. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but I also record it. It's called Just for Women Around the World. It's called, Hey, I Got Something to Say. And I bring on a woman a week for 30 minutes who's over 35, because it started with women say, I don't feel seen or heard anymore. And they wanted a platform with that one thing they wanted to get out. So I made it at 3 p.m. because of the time difference. And then I bring a different woman on for 30 minutes, Men listen to, but it's just for, you know, mostly for women that feel like they really have a powerful message, but I record it and put it on all platforms too, you know, so it's good. And then I have books, Train Your Head, Body Will Follow, and journals, my 30-day reset, all about different things that you can do that don't take more than a minute to three minutes a day to get you in that powerful mindset. I like to keep it simple, easy. Oh, and I love your, your, that concept of the live podcast with you know women who have a powerful message. My God, what an amazing platform. Yeah. I'm going to tune into that one for sure. I'm going to tune in for sure. And people can access all of that through your website. Yeah. I mean, I'm on every platform that you listen to podcasts, but I also on my website, Signature Weston, everything is there. How to book them, find the podcast, get Perfect. the books. I mean, you know, Amazon, my books are there too. Sounds good, Sandy. And we'll make sure all of that is in the show notes for listeners as well. And last thing before we sign off today, Sandy, do you have any last words of wisdom to share with listeners? Don't make a big hairy deal of things, you know? <laughs> Just take a week, realize you're meant to have a joyful life and just take a step back even for a minute and breathe in peace, love, enjoy and I promise you it will make all the difference I love it and I might title this podcast don't make a big hairy deal out of it I love it (laughs) all right Sandy thanks so much for joining us today you're welcome thanks for having me it was fun 